Welcome back to the Morning Kick podcast. This is a replay episode from the live YouTube, Facebook and LinkedIn show produced by Excite Media. We encourage you if you're looking at digital marketing, website design, to contact us via excitemedia.com.au. Now let's revisit one of our earlier programs and join our guest. morning kicksters welcome back to the morning kick and coming out of the toy shop the bedroom wherever you are isolated today it's good to be able to spend some time with you and we know that one of the things that a lot of us are doing right now is we're trying to connect remotely we're spending time on social channels we're spending time on linkedin hopefully we're getting our profiles up to date getting our websites up to date and one of the things we thought would be good is to talk to somebody who can help us understand social selling. Now, I'm pleased to invite to the show, this is Tom Martin from the US of A. Tom, welcome to The Morning Kick. Where have we found you this, uh, well, it's morning for us. What time is it for you? Well, you found me in our home office in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, we, uh, it's 4, uh, 4.30 here. So we're behind you, I believe, uh, a little bit. And that's it, Australia, always leading the way. We do appreciate you trying to catch up. That competition pushes us harder. Not a bad thing. Now, one of the things we're going to be talking about, Tom, is your book, The Invisible Sale. And I see that just like a great movie, there's a Pepsi can for product placement. We've got the book in the background there. We're going to circle back around to that and have a talk about it. But, Tom, you speak internationally about social selling. And it's all come out of your own agency. And we saw you on LinkedIn recently celebrating an anniversary. Do you want to tell us what happened for your agency, Converse Digital? Yeah, May May first, uh, so a few days ago, we made ten years, which, according to the you know the smart people in the world, is a major milestone for a small company. If you can get to ten, chances are you got a statistically speaking, you got a much better chance of getting to twenty. And so, yeah, we. Uh, well, we did the best celebration we could in these times. We really couldn't have a party or anything, so uh, we just had a couple of stiff drinks and a nice night and, you know, pat ourselves on the back. Oh, listen, well done. Congratulations. You're absolutely right. It's, it's amazing, particularly those first one or two years for small business are obviously major milestones you've got to push through. But then getting through to the 10 year, you've definitely got to kind of kick your boots off. Um, listen, once all this kind of um, quarantine's over, invite us over for one of those stiff drinks. One of the things that I really like is that when you made sure that you celebrate online, told your friends, told your clients, you said that it was going to be something that you were going to give thanks for. You told people to pray as well. So you're kind of balancing a lot of those different things, celebrating with a stiff drink, but also giving thanks to the universe. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, I look at it like this, you know, Jesus turned water to wine. So, uh, you know, it's, he obviously he just wasn't a bourbon drinker. Had he been, it would have been better for me. But uh, no, I, I just think that, you know, everything in moderation is fine. Uh, but you, we have a tradition here in the company. I started it the day I started the company. We celebrate everything, uh, not just the anniversaries, not just new clients. But uh, if we have a really good presentation or if somebody uh, does something for the first time or if we sell an idea, a campaign, or we just finish a project, doesn't matter. Uh, we stop, 
Uh, usually we have a cocktail uh, and we celebrate and, and we, we take a moment to say, you know what, we did something well today. Uh, this was a win. Let's take this because, you know, you're, you're in the service business like I am, web development and all of that. I mean, there's a lot of losses. You, you know, there's a lot of times that clients say, no, we prefer not to do that. And that's hard. Uh, so we just have a really big belief in celebration and gratitude. I just think it makes you a happier person. Tom, I think you've nailed it. And isn't it so easy when we're caught up in the do that we're kind of just doing things by the numbers, we're creating, but we've lost the love for it. And to have a real kind of passion for what you do, you've got to circle back to the party, don't you? You really do. Yeah, uh, I just tell my kids all the time, you can you can focus on what you don't have, or you can focus on what you do. One makes you miserable and the other makes you kind of happy. So uh, we, we make a big deal and I, and I try, I've not been, very good at it, but I have the last few years. I try every year to uh, sit down and reflect and, and pick three, four, five. In this, this case, this year, I did 10 items that were big learning moments for me or things that I thought other entrepreneurs could benefit from from hearing. Uh, and so I put those in a post, packaged it up. I think that's what you mentioned you saw on LinkedIn. And uh, it obviously struck a huge chord because it's by an mag order of magnitude, the most popular post I've ever written on LinkedIn. <laughs> Well, I think there's something about that, that all of us are looking for things to celebrate. And if we can celebrate with friends and, and things that are happening in each other's lives, that does make a difference. Now, just before we go any further, because I had you on the show, I always invite my guests to have a coffee with me. You've got your coffee cup ready to go. I made sure, because I understand that you may be in need of a new leader, that I had my commander-in-chief cup. So <laughs> if the job's open, give me a call. I'm there. Tom, one of the things we need to talk to you. Well, listen, I'm, I, do we have a sponsor? I'm happy to help. <laughs> one of the things, Tom, that we were talking about was how do we actually get into the social selling? And you speak around the world about things like the five Ps, and one of those uh, is proximity. I do want to come back to that in a moment. But talk to me about how we can sell within social. There seems to be kind of, we talk about separation of church and state, you know, you don't mix politics with church and all that kind of stuff. And then when it comes to social channels, we're concerned that how do we mix the fishing story with the business? And yet within both Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, people are actually forming relationships. Can you describe social selling to us? Yeah, the way, the way I've always ex uh, described it is that social selling is a lot more about just being social than it is selling. It's really, it's the whole sell greatly approach. It's relationship first. And social is a great way to meet people, to build relationships um, that, that, that are based on a foundation of mutual admiration, uh, mutual trust, you know, really finding common ground, making connection with people. And then once you got that, you've got a basis of a relationship, then you can move into the selling piece. Um, and a lot of times then people will invite you to move into the selling piece. I, I have a story I tell a lot of times on stage of a, of a, I was at an event and I was just, I was just doing my thing. I was just meeting people. I was connecting. I was, you know, trying to get to know people. And uh, a woman who was at a, a DMO, a destination marketing organization, told her boss, she goes, you know, I really like the fact that he's not selling me, that he's just kind of being cool but I kind of want to hear the sales pitch. I was like, touchdown, you know? I mean, like, it doesn't get any better than that. That's somebody wanting you to pitch them your, your stick. Um, but it's because in that environment, 
I was the oxymoron. I was the, I was the odd man out. Everyone else is throwing business card ninja and they're telling you who they do and what they do. And, and I was just, you know, making friends and influencing others. And I think that's what happens in social. You can build relationships and then it opens the opportunity to sell. And, and when you flip it, it, it works a lot better and it works a lot more effectively. You, you sell fewer people, but you close more deals. One of the things that anybody on LinkedIn will have experienced is the people saying, hey, I want to join your network. And then within 30 seconds of saying yes, there's a message saying, have I got a deal for you? Exactly. That kind of turns off the whole situation. Is there more of a gradual relationship building? How do we prospect in those channels? Well, you know, again, it's it's uh, there's always an opportunity to help somebody. There's almost there's almost nothing or no one that you'll meet that you can't do something for. And just the other day, I there a, a woman who liked uh, the post that, that you wrote that you liked, and um, and we were chit chatting, and I, I thanked her for liking it, and, and we were chit chatting or something. She tried she offered to connect on, on LinkedIn or whatever. And, you know, come to find out she's been displaced from a very large organization here in the United States. Um, she's furloughed, uh, but she's in the video production world. She's got great skills. I know some people in that world who own their own video production companies. I said, look, I don't. And, you know, the, and they're former like major network type people. I said, look, why don't I just put the two of you all together? I don't know if anything will happen, but it's probably good for you to know him and, and him to know you either today or tomorrow. And, and both people were so happy. They're like, thank you so much for making that connection for us. And they hit it off and they, you know, I don't know if anything will come out of it, but I promise you both of them will remember, he just gave, he didn't ask, he just gave. And it might be years before that, that little give pays off, but down the road, someplace karma will come back. I'll, I'll get something good will happen to me, you know, because of that. And I think that's just how you do it. If you give enough, you'll eventually get something. And it's a big flywheel. And the more you spin the flywheel, the more you get, the more you grow, easier it becomes. Tom, this eventuated into a book that you've put out called The Invisible Sale. And for anybody that's interested, you can go to theinvisiblesale.com. It'll redirect you to this page. Also available on Amazon, the book depository. And there seems to be some great content from your speaking engagements. But can you describe for us, Tom, if I go and order this book, and listen, it's great value, people. If you're looking on um, Amazon, let's quickly flick over to there. For the Aussies, you're looking at basically $10.69 for a Kindle or $15.50 for a paperback. Tom, what am I going to find if I pick up a copy of The Invisible Sale? Well, The Invisible Sale was really about the front end and how digital had changed the, the, the sort of the top of the funnel activity. Uh, you've got a lot of folks nowadays uh, that are really self-educating buyers. They're, they're, they'd rather talk to Google than any salesperson. And, and in any given industry, it's about 70% of buyers are doing their homework online. So The Invisible Sale is all about understanding that what that does is it, a lot of people say, oh, our sales cycle has shrunk. It's gotten smaller over the years. And the truth is it hasn't. Uh, more and more of it's just become invisible because people are doing all of that front end work uh, on their own. Whereas when I got in this business 25 years ago, if you wanted information about one of my client's products, you probably had to call my client or you had to get a brochure or you talk to a salesperson. Nowadays, you don't have to do that. You just pick up your phone or you pick up your computer and off you go. And so really, that's all about how do you prepare your company to get leads in today's digital environment. And then the next book, which at some point in the future, I hope to get out, sell greatly, will be is really much more focused on now, once you have that individual, they've identified themselves, you know who they are, how do you then sell to them? Because they are a fundamentally different buyer. 
You know, they've got a lot more information. They consider themselves much more empowered, uh, and they expect we as salespeople to to really treat them in a very different way. So, looking at that, um, basically, you're working in that kind of lead generation space. Does the invisible sale offer something for somebody that's in the B two C space? Oh, absolutely, because it's really the same environment. Um, it, it, other than you know, other than like soda pop or gum or coffee, you know, some like kind of more of an impulse CPG uh, type product. You know, you think in the consumer space, travel, hotels, cars, really any purchase nowadays that that people are looking for information. They're trying to educate themselves before they make it. You know, televisions, computers, you name it. Really, the invisible sale, the techniques, the the theories, the applications—they all work. Uh, there's actually only one chapter in the book that is specifically about sales, like face-to-face -face human interaction sales. Uh, most of the book is about. There's a whole content section about how to produce the various types of content that you need to to live in the, in the invisible sale world. How do you produce more content with less work? Uh, there's a, a long whole chapter about just the philosophy, the scientific research, and the underpinnings called propinquity. Um, and how that uh, functions, how that's created, what role that plays, all of those things that are, in, in fact, the big, the big case study uh, that's in the book is actually a B2C case study. So do you think the, the idea of social selling is actually about spending more time online and actually getting those posts out and commenting on other people's posts? If you had to prioritize a salesperson's time, where should they spend it to make effective social selling work? Well, if I was if I was uh, in an environment where my salespeople are not the same as my marketing people, okay, I would say that you know that salesperson's time is best spent um, in three places. One is social reconnaissance; that is usually social media, uh, the internet, Google, etc., to really learn about their prospects. Who are they? Um, what makes them tick? What's important? What's going on in their lives? It's especially important today in the COVID world that we're in. Uh, the second thing I would tell them to do is spend a lot of time curating content because that gives them things that they can send to those individuals that are relevant, that are valuable, um, but that are not about, hey, buy my stuff. And then the third would be just, I would say, commenting, engaging, emailing, um, little bids to that, to that prospect that says, hey, I see you. I, I think this is important to you. I want to make a, a relationship with you. Uh, I want to to make a, a connection, find some common ground. I want to build this relationship. Again, I just don't want to sell you. I think if you if you can go in those three areas, uh, you you can be a really good salesman. If I was on the marketing side, I'd say probably a lot of the curation and the content creation, uh, because those salespeople need that really good content to serve uh, as a tool, as an outreach device. Uh, basically, I, like I, I say, you know, you're, you're nowadays you're cold call with content. Instead of, a, instead of a telephone. And, and that's really an easy thing to do if your marketing people are providing you with the right kind of content. I don't know if you've heard this um, phrase, Tom, but it circulates a lot of business networks that I'm in that people buy from those they know, like, and like, mm -hmm. uh, trust, I should say, oh. know, like, and trust. And that seems to be what we're talking about here. You know, if we were doing sales training 20 years ago, the person at the the course would be saying it's all about the numbers you've got to make enough calls you've got to send out enough letters and those numbers are going to add up has the principle not changed it's just that we're about forming as many relationships as we can or do we need to go deep as opposed to broad 
it has to be I say go deep. You know, I'd rather call 10 people and close five deals than to call 100 people and close five deals. Um, and when you go for quality over quantity, that's kind of what happens. But when you talk to sales managers, man, they're all about, you know, they're all about the numbers. They're all about close every call, close every call. And, and you know, the fourth P or uh, third or fourth P is is patience. Um, and that's that's one of the things we preach is that if you will take your time and slow down and invest more in each prospect, you'll close more prospects. If you close more prospects, you don't need as many in, in the funnel, so to speak. So I think that's probably going to be an argument that's going to continue uh, for a long, long time because there are people who do the number game and frankly, they do really well with it. Uh, but there are a lot more people, I think, that just for them, my apologies, for them, that uh, that whole number game thing is just soul sucking, soul crushing. It kills them. They're not a fan of it. So if you can give them this alternative opportunity to say, hey, here's a quality or quantity play, uh, what you find is that they can be really, really effective. And all of a sudden you've got people who you don't normally think of as great salespeople become really great salespeople. One of the things I want the people who are watching the morning kick this morning <clears throat> to do is to actually look up Tom Martin, the invisible sale and the five P's. I want them to do their own research and discover a little bit more about what you offer. But can you talk to us about proximity? Um, it's an interesting one when we think of the remote work we're doing and we're so used to probably a lot of salespeople either having somebody across the table or getting on a plane, train or automobile to go and be across the table. So where does proximity fit in at this particular time? Well, if you go back, if you think about the science of how relationships form, uh, they've been studying this for 100 years in the social science world. And what they found is that the, the number one predictive variable of a future relationship formation is propinquity, which is just a really fancy word for proximity. And if you think about it, it's, 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 it makes a lot of sense. Out of sight is out of mind. The more I can be in front of you, the more I can talk to you, the more you can learn about me. And that's really what it comes down to, the proximity things. It's not just like advertising. You can't just see me a bunch of times. Each time you see me, you kind of need to learn something new about me. Because what's happening is really it's very mathematical. Uh, there's some in your minds, you know, you think about all the people you know, you know little data, you know data points about them. You know, you know little little facts about them. And and somewhere in your mind, a critical mass of things that you like about them trips and you go, okay, I want to be their friend, right? Or I, or I want to be even more than their friend. Maybe I want to get married, be a business partner, be a client, whatever the case may be. And it's a little early time, so, but we'll work on that relationship. <laughs> so it's kind of like dating in a way, right? You know? And so the thing is, is like you're dating, you go out on a date, you have the same conversation time after time after time. You're not going to get closer to marriage or any of that stuff because you don't learn anything new. So the idea of proximity is make sure that you're you're constantly in touch or near or your your uh, prospects are running into you via your content, your webinar, your whatever. And each time they're learning something a little new about you, they're like and they're finding something they can like. And if they like enough things, then that creates top of mind preference. And when they are ready to buy what it is you sell, or they know someone else who is. They're either going to buy from you or they're going to recommend you. And that's really the secret of it. And that's why that proximity is so important. And as salespeople now, um, yeah, we can't necessarily go face to face, uh, but we can make a phone call. We can have a Zoom call. We can send a gift. We can send a card. You know, there's little things we can do to let someone know, hey, I'm thinking of you. You're important to me. I really want to make sure that you and I do business together or that we're something, something together. And, and the people who will do that will win. 
the people who are going to just sit back and and wait for the call or they're going to play the numbers game, uh, I, I think those people are going to lose. I think they're going to lose heavily in the, in the near future. Tommy, you've given us so many gems today and lots to work on. But what I really appreciate is that everything you've told us is within reach. It's not difficult. It's just that we've got to change our paradigm and actually be thinking about the other person. And I think once we start to do that, sales will come. You're absolutely right. Well, thanks very much for being on The Morning Kick. Looking forward to maybe catching up and having you on again in the future. And you're always welcome in Australia. Once these bubbles burst and we can start traveling again, it'll be good to meet you at some point. Well, it is, it is the bucket list co co country for me. It's the one I've always wanted to go to. So I will gladly come at any point that someone wants to invite me. And I hear there's a few street parties to be had in Louisiana. So we'll make that happen at some point in the future. Yeah, come on, come on Thanks very much for your time. All right. Take care. Thanks for having me. Wasn't that brilliant? Tom Martin, the author of The Invisible um, Sale, talking to us about social selling. Well, I hope that you've enjoyed what you picked up today. And remember that you can get onto uh, Amazon and be able to pick yourself a, uh, a copy. So if you'd like to do that, just head along to Amazon.com, um, both on Kindle and on paperback. So the morning kick, we will be back with more in next week. Uh, we've gone from daily to twice a week. And we've got some people lined up to talk about influencer marketing next week. So I look forward to seeing you on one of our next episodes. So as we think about where you're heading, always remember that you can get in touch with Excite Media through our website, excitemedia.com.au. Have a chat to the bot or leave a message on our contact page. Or, of course, go to facebook.com slash excitemedia and we can catch up there as well. Thanks very much. Enjoyed our time this morning. Tom Martin was brilliant. Do have a look up Tom Martin, The Invisible Sale, and the five Ps to learn more about social selling.